<clears throat> Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we begin the study of a new book, the book of Judges, with chapter 1. And first I'll give a little introduction to this book. This book directly uh, continues from the end of the previous book, which we just studied together. That was the book of Joshua. And it's, uh, I guess you could say, seamlessly continues the uh, history from the death of Joshua onward. And, com and it uh, <clears throat> includes the stories um, and um, occurrences and the history of the years, the intervening years between the death of, the, of Joshua, who was the last real national leader, there was Moses, Moshe, then Joshua, and after that, this long period of time, which is called the period of the judges, which is chronicled in this book. And then, the, the leading up to what's going to happen afterwards, which is the beginning of the uh, period of, of the monarchy, the united monarchy, and eventually the divided mon uh, kingdom of north and, and southern Israel and Judah. So, the, um, there's several things very evident from the, this book. One is uh, the loss of structure. The book itself has no structure, but it reflects the times that it's discussing, which is a time of the devolvement of the united tribes of Israel as one nation, was forged with one destiny, one purpose, etc., into disparate tribes, each with their own agendas, each with their own um, challenges, and often fighting amongst each other, fighting uh, alone against whatever challenges that they had, uh, and, and the decentralization of all authority. So this was, um, in other words, disunity is really the theme of this book. And even the accomplishments and achievements always seem to be the accomplishments and achievements of one tribe or another, one group or another, but never a national achievement. There's always, even the, the high points aren't exactly high national achievements. And we'll see that as we go through the book. Another thing that's really important to observe is the um, lack of real national leadership, which goes hand in hand with what we discussed. The people were separate, and the leaders, the leaders that will emerge as those, uh, the, they have the title of this book, the judges, are, are parochial leaders. Um, they all are leaders of some of the tribes, but not others. Some groups within some tribes, but not others. No one really rises to any national leadership. Occasionally we have hints towards attempts at it, but um, which we'll see as we study the book, but no real national leaders. So basically, things are falling apart. Another thing which I want to mention about this book of Judges is we have very few leaders that we can really get behind and believe in. We start getting glimpses of some, some heroes, but then their flaws are very blatant. There are some exceptions uh, to, to a degree, but, um, which we'll study, but for the most part, all of the leaders, who are all uh, more parochial leaders, tribal leaders, rather than national leaders that arise to prominence, all their flaws are laid out for us. When we might for a moment think that this will be, well, they will be the salvation, the book always seems to point out their, their flaws and, their, and their, um, what they were lacking. 
So these are some of the themes that I want you to pay attention to as we study this book. And it really um, gives us an idea of, you know, a nation, when it's giving you its early history, instead of giving you this grand history of the grand people of the time in the past when everything was wonderful and great, it's a really honest history. And I must say that I compare it to, to uh, you know, when people kind of look back at American history and they think about the founding fathers and some of us uh, learned as we learned American history, as we were exposed to it when we were younger, we think about all the grand ideas and ideals that, but we tend to ignore when we tell the national story, all of the flaws and the problems and the issues that abounded in the time of uh, the founding days, which were many. Here in the book, which is essentially the history of the Jewish people, it points out these problems very blatantly when we look back. Rather than give us a history that's, that's grand, it does state the grand achievements and accomplishments, but it also very blatantly lays bare and, and, and presents the problems and the issues that our forefathers experienced. And we certainly don't get the idea that everything was great and wonderful and everybody was all noble. Far from it. Another point I want to make an introduction as we are about to approach this book of Judges is something that I touched upon as we studied Joshua, and, and the, which is the basic mission of the people as they conquered and settled the land which God had given to them. And that is this covenant between the people and God which consists of as follows. The people are supposed to be faithful to God and His Torah and His teachings. As they conquer this land and as they settle this land, they are supposed to approach the people of the land, offer them terms. And those terms are, either you make peace with us and serve under us and, and this is crucial, accept to live by our basic ethics and morals, which as our rabbinic tradition teaches us, refers to the seven Noahide laws, among which is abolishing idolatry. And I'm going to get in a moment to the importance of that particular one. <clears throat> then you can live as a mas oved. Then you can live among us as long as you are a subservient to us, our values, our system of life, and, and you must give up the practice of idolatry. However, if they do not agree to those terms, they must leave or they should be destroyed. And now the, those that should be destroyed should be utterly destroyed because those are the ones who refuse to accept the morals and ethics that you are trying to establish. That one of the primary morals is, and the basis of that moral is the idea of monotheism and ethical monotheism. Now, according to Tanakh, and this is something that those who have been studying with me until now know this very well. According to the Tanakh, according to the basic lesson of the Bible, the idea is that someone who believes in a polytheistic universe, someone who worships idols, believes that God wants from us as human beings, God, there is no specific God, God's what the gods want. And now already by making gods, you're making them petty. You're making them, you're making this one has this power, this one has that power. The gods can fight amongst themselves and so on and so forth. And in order to appease him or her of that God, I need to do X, Y, Z, do this particular ritual, this particular magical thing or idea. It leads to superstitious thinking. It leads to sacrifices and ultimately leads to moral decline 
and moral depravity. Because what people do is, what can I give to this God? What can I give to that God that he wants? What can I give to this God that she wants? And ultimately, it ends up people giving some things that are truly abhorrent, such as their lives, their children's lives, etc. Ethical monotheism is the idea that God is something greater. God is something so much higher than that. The concept of God as the creator unifies the entire universe. It, it leads to the meaning that every single thing in the universe has meaning, has purpose. God doesn't want us to give him anything. What, what God wants from us is to act properly and act ethically. This is the message of ethical monotheism. And as the people in this day and age, and you have to put your mindset in what the world was like in this day and age, people that refuse to accept this and insist on remaining polytheistic, it's because they want control. They want to be able to control the gods and they are unwilling to give up control to God himself, the true God. They want to control God by saying, if we sacrifice this, if we sacrifice that, then we'll get what we want and get what we need. Those people cannot be tolerated in this new society as the, pe the people of Israel are trying to establish this new way of thinking, the way of thinking of ethical monotheism. That's why it must be utterly destroyed. So we're going to see this as we go through Judges. I laid that out as kind of a summary of really the basic idea of what the Bible stands for, of what the Torah is trying to teach. Now, let us begin chapter 1 of Judges. Uh, I'm going to do only part of this chapter uh, because um, the intro was, um, which I just gave, uh, was a little bit lengthy and I don't want this to go too long. So verse 1, And it was after the death of Joshua. And the people of Israel asked of God as follows, Who is going to go up for us to the Canaanite? first, to wage war against him. So, according to the way we just explained, this occurred after the death of Yoshua, and immediately, the Bnei Israel, the people of Israel, are asking God. They don't have a leader, so they have to go to ask God directly. Presumably, this is going to the temple and asking the high priest, uh, who, has, who wears the choshen, the breastplate, which is the Urim Vetumim, uh, where, where, uh, which to get an answer, and me who will go for us? Immediately we find division. When Joshua was around, it was everyone had to go together. Even those tribes that were not even living in this side of the Jordan River had to join together because it was a universe. It was a a national mission. Now it's who's going to go first? Who's going to do it for us? Already everything completely has cracked. It has fallen apart. Who's going to do it first? We're all going to do it for ourselves or someone going to do it for us. This is what we have come down to. Because the, it, had they been united together, it wouldn't have been a question of who to go for, for us. They wouldn't have had to approach God. It would have been everyone. By Yomer Adonai, and God answered, Yehuda Yala, let Judah go first. He I have given the land in his, into his hands. Now, so God answers, Judah can go first. The, um, uh, this, um, and we'll see as we read through this that the, um, the um, timeline 
is no longer uh, um, being held to uh, clearly. So in other words, the, 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 the chronology is not so clear anymore because some of what we're about to read already occurred in Joshua and some of what we're about to read occurred afterwards. Once it mentions Yehuda, it start, Judah, it starts talking about Judah's conquest of his territory. And, Josh, and Yehuda said, Judah said to his brother Shimon, Simon, who, if he recalls, portion was just to the south of Judah, so they were kind of together. I want you to come with me. Come with me. Please come with me to my portion. Um, come with me to see my portion. I apologize for that. I silenced my phone now. I want you, and please wage war with, uh, together with us against the Canaanites. And I will go also together with you. And Shimon came with him. So the two that are next to each other are now fighting together. Okay, a little bit of unity. This is good. So Judah went up. And God gave them the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand in, um, in, in control by Akum Bevezek. And in the place called Bezek, they struck them, Aseret al-Fimish, 10,000 soldiers. And they found the, the master Adoni Bezek, who was Bevezek. So this is the king of the land of Bezek. They found him in the place called Bezek, they waged war against him. So it's referring again to the previous battle. They waged war and they struck down the Canaanites and the Prezites. Vayonas Adoni Bezek, and the king Adoni Bezek ran from the battle. Vayirdifu Acharav, and the soldiers of Judah and Simon chased after him, Vayochazuoto, and they captured him. Vayikatetsu et Bohonot Yadov Raglov, and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Now, this is really, really important. This seems quite um, brutal, uh, according uh, for in modern terms. Um, and I want to point out that if we look in Joshua, look in Joshua 8, verse 29, in Joshua 10, verse 26, and in numerous other places in Joshua, and we pointed this out when we studied Joshua together, Yoshua together, that Yoshua was clear when they captured the enemy king, he was executed, and then he, his body was treated with respect. He was, in order to Joshua to point out, Yoshua was pointing out to, to the people the, of Israel themselves and to the people of the land. We are different. We are not going to just torture and maim our the, the conquered kings. But yes, he will be executed, just like his soldiers were executed. We don't want him to be able to um, stir up, a, a gather up some followers and stir up a rebellion. But his body will be buried and treated with respect. However, they have already lost that message. And they chop off his thumbs and chop off his big toes. Adoni Bezek, and Adoni Bezek said, in response, after he was maimed in this way, There were seventy kings, of whom I chopped off their hands, and the, the the thumbs of their hands and the thumbs of their feet, their big toes. they were chopped off and milaktim and they, I left them, I was embarrassed them and shamed them by having them pick up scraps from underneath my table. Kasher Sisi, just like I have done, Kain Shilam Li Elohim. So was d- done to me by God. 
by Yivu Yerushalayim, they brought him to Jerusalem by Amos Shalom, and he died there. Now, on the one hand, this looks like he received his just desserts. He tortured people in this manner, and he received his just punishment by being tortured in this manner. And that is how he saw it. But there's something else here that's beyond the surface that Adoni Bezek is saying. And that is that I see that the God of the people of Israel and the way they treat the people they conquer is just like the way I treat it. This is a downfall. This is the key to where the people of Yehuda and the people of Shimon have turned bad. That they are starting the direction of treating their enemies not like Yehoshua taught them to treat them, but they're treating their enemies just like their enemies treat their enemies. And Adoni Bezek, instead of learning that his conquerors, these conquerors are different, instead of learning that lesson, that the people of Israel are different, he learned that the people of Israel are just like him. I'm going to stop here, even though it's early in chapter 1, because um, this will be Judges 1a, and we will continue our study of this chapter together. Thank you so much for studying this together with me.